Man City lose here whilst they're not competing. Did get yellow carded very early on in the match for being a bit too eager coming out of her goal and taking out, I think it was Leah Carlton. But, uh... <laughs> Subscribe to the OTB Koyig pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Right, Jenny Claffey's with us. We're talking tennis. It's 8.54. Um, so, Alcaraz has beaten Chilich, and he has the highest seed left because the first and second seed are gone. That means Nadal is out. What happened? That, that men's side of the, of the draw is very open now. Um, Nadal last night was beaten by a very good TFO, but Nadal was nowhere near his best at all. He was beaten in four sets very convincingly. Um, he had been complaining about the pain that he'd been suffering all year and how this was kind of it felt like it was coming to an end is this the last time we're going to see Nadal in the US Open do you think? I don't think so no No? he even said it yesterday after the match he was like see you next year he was very sure about that he's had a lot of ailments and injuries this year do you know and he was saying um, in his post-match conference press conference that uh, he was training very well and felt really good on the practice court but just wasn't converting it onto the match court so you could see in the early rounds he wasn't wasn't Nadal at his best and and it showed last night when he was beaten Um, Tell us about TFO should we expect him to be competing at this level is this something that he's been building towards or is this a bit of a shock it's, it is a bit of an upset yeah but he, he said coming into the tournament he was saying oh he's going to go far in this tournament I mean it's his home slam the US Open but th- that comes with Typically a lot of typically understated American tennis player yeah yeah there's a good few of those yeah um, but he's that kind of player that we've seen the last years he's only 24 so he's still quite young but he's that kind of player like he's fun to watch he's explosive he's really quick around the court but he just hasn't been able to back up his wins you know he hasn't had that consistent form so it'll be interesting to see will he back up such a big win like this I mean this is t- going to take a huge emotional toll on him um, and yeah we'll see can he, can he back up that form It's funny I was listening to, to TFO speaking after the, after the match like, and he, some of the quotes from him were great like he was saying he was talking about getting to the quarterfinals of the Australian in 2019 but couldn't really push on and he was saying honestly when I first came on the scene I wasn't ready for it mentally and mature enough talked then about his, his team around him now it's kind of a similar to Nick Kyrgios in some ways that he talks about the team around him and how that has really really helped him like it's, a, it's an interesting it highlights the importance of the people around you as a tennis player at the top level. Absolutely, and you can see that with the likes, as you mentioned, Kiras there, he doesn't have a coach, so that has to be impacting him, although he's having some super form at the moment. With TFO, yeah, he's changed his coach, he brought on a guy called Wayne Ferrer, who was a pro himself um, earlier this year, and that's made a difference. He's had some good results this, this season, so I think he's changed the way he's been training um, physically as well, so he's looking really fit and lean at the moment. So, you know, who, who knows what could happen? Hopefully that that's a sign of good things to come, but in the recent years, yeah, he, has, he hasn't been able to back it up but let's see what, what's going to happen so we know the quarterfinal makeup of the men's on one side of the draw it's Rod and Berrettini will play the winner of Kyrgios and Kashinov yeah Kashinov yeah, yeah. Kashinov yeah. um, so I like I don't know this is one of those things where Kyrgios beats the number one seed and then goes out to the number 27 seed is that possible like probably isn't is it um, well anything is possible if you look at the, the men's draw like there's no no Djokovic no Nadal and the number one and two seeds are gone now so it's left the, the, the draw wide open and lots of opportunity but that also comes with pressure so now Kyrgios probably feels okay Nadal's gone the, you know he, this is his chance and can he ma- match that and, and you know keep play under such pressure but it could he could lose but at the same time I, I feel like he's on a good run of form 
um, and this could be his title. Roden Baratini are on in the semi-finals if he wins his quarter-final, and he'd be favourites for that for the quarter-final. Which of Berrettini and Road will cause him the most difficulties? I think Berrettini. I think Berrettini will come through that match. I'd say it'll be a tight game, but I'd say that would be Berrettini who will win that. Uh, he's just a big server. He's playing very well on the hard courts this season. Um, yeah, he's been in a Wimbledon final last year, Berrettini, so he's had that experience. So I think he will challenge Nick. He probably won't falter to his, you know, the carry-on that Nick often... Yeah. Yeah, but I still think Nick has got the game to beat him. He's just playing so well at the moment. It's funny, like I was watching that that Kyrgios Medvedev match on Sunday, and, and like it, it, the the first set tiebreak seemed so important. And I think Kyrgios even mentioned it after the match. He said, honestly, if he had won that tiebreak, I don't think I could have had the mental fortitude to go on and, and do it. Like you forget in a, in a in a game of such intensity how important it is to not go through that draining first set and, and be on the wrong side of a tiebreak. Yeah, Kyrgios, yeah, he did say that he was saying like it was 13-11 it was in the tiebreaker in the first set, which is just, that's unheard of, like, you know, first to seven and it's 13-11. Yeah, and he mentioned that he didn't think it, things could have been very different, but he had a bit of momentum then, but he, going into the second set, he lost that second set very easy, like 6-1 or 6-2, and then was able to turn it around, which we haven't seen in, in Kyrgios's games. You know, sometimes when he gets down himself, that's, that's it, it, he's gone. Yeah. yeah, So it was great to see that he was able to t- have that mental strength and turn it around and he's just playing like his serve is bombing bombing his serves down he's returning really well you know he's just looking very sharp and he won a title there um, just coming into the US Open his first title in three years so you know he's got a bit of confidence and a bit of belief in himself which is kind of scary you know to Nick Kyrgios playing with confidence On the other side of the draw uh, it's Alcaraz versus Sinner and Rublev versus TFO Um, Alcaraz obviously at the start of the year we were like chalking him in for 15 to 20 grand slams <laughs> he's in the Nadal and then Wimbledon came along and he just crapped out basically like, yeah. so he, that might not be his surface but this is his surface right? Yeah so he came to shine last year in the US Open that's when we really kind of heard about him um, and the ability that he has We, as you said we, we saw it at the start of the year and then Wimbledon I think the grass just didn't suit him at all uh, because he's an incredible mover he just wasn't able to transfer that onto the surface on grass but I think he's going to come through on that bottom half I mean it'll be very exciting he's also playing for the world number one ranking as well so if he can come through and win this he could, he'll be the new number one men's tennis player like Alcaraz versus Kyrgios in the final could be sensational that would be a spicy game <laughs> that would be really exciting to see you've got a, t- a tale of two different very different players you know but it'd be a very box office game like you'd want to get the popcorn out for that is there a feeling that if Kyrgios was to get one grand slam that actually like I, I, you know, it sounds ridiculous. He's he's here, but he's definitely not applied himself. He hasn't played a full schedule any of the last few years. He's talked about like not loving the sport a bit, like Ronnie O'Sullivan. You know, kind of mm. has has had a break. Is there a possibility that if he was to win, that something releases in him and he's like, actually, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be, and then he becomes like, and I'm not saying long term because obviously he's, he's not young but that he could have a couple of years where we expect him to be in semi-finals and finals. Well, the sense you get from him is that if he won a Grand Slam that he would retire almost. There's, there's <laughs> that feeling as well. You know, he said there that after the, the big game against Medvedev that, you know, there's only three more matches left and then I can retire. Right. Do you know, I mean, there is that kind of sense of unpredictability about Nikirios in every way. Does he mean it like Tyson Fury where it's like, I'm not really retiring, I just want more attention? Or do you think he actually means it? <laughs> I, it's hard to know what he I, means. I honestly think there's a bit of a, the, the Nico Rosberg in 2016 when he beat uh, Lewis Hamilton in the Formula 1 won his world championship and at the prime of his career decided that's me I've won my world title I think Kyrgios could do the could do the same there was the bizarre moment in the in the Medvedev match as well 
uh, you, a lot of people have seen the clip on Twitter where yeah. the ball, the volley is obviously landing on Medvedev's <laughs> side of the net and Kyrgios comes around and fouls it. I mean, you, you just don't know what to expect. Yeah. Rule, it doesn't, still doesn't make any sense to me. Like, he's hit the ball before it's bounced. So you're not allowed to, by rule, you're not allowed to hit the ball over the other side of the okay, net. Okay. But it's unbelievable how he <laughs> made that mistake. Um, and, and first thing he said after the game was like, he looks like a fool. And I think it's probably safe to say he does. But mistakes happen in the heat of ballot, battle. You I know. honestly thought because of the character of Kyrgios immediately, I thought he's just doing this for the laugh. Yeah. yeah. In terms, but it's but obviously it was a mistake. But when you actually see it, you're like, did he, he was on, he was like right in front of Medvedev almost hitting the shot. Like, <laughs> As we know, there is one exception to that rule that if the player on the other side hits the shot with backspin, it bounces over on your side and then bounces back, then you can reach and and hit the ball on the other side. One of the things that our very uh, Wimbledon-centric view of the world has resulted in is that we are like, oh, the US Open, it's it's the end of the year. But actually, if you win the US Open, it's life-changing. Like You become this absolutely massive superstar, as we saw with uh, Emirat Akana last year. So if Kyrgios was to win this, he crosses over into like uh, proper celebrity in America style, and like for the rest of them, like if if Alcaraz wins this, it's the first of a series of Grand Slams that he's going to win because we we do feel like he is the game to become mm. super dominant over the next few years. But um, you know, for Kyrgios, there will be like other stuff. He will be on Saturday Night Live. He will be on all of the talk shows. Like they will start lapping that up. You know. Yeah. But do wonder if he's ready for that. Well, he is the showman. You know, I think that he likes that attention that he gets. You know, a lot of that negative attention he gets, he thrives on that. I mean, look at the way he goes on on the court. He's very negative. He's unlike anybody else. But that's what works for him. So I think he would actually enjoy the limelight. And also after the US Open, there's a little bit of a break. So he will get a bit of downtime and time to, you know, obviously get used to that fame. And then we would see an interesting, would he train in the off season and get back for the hard court season in, in winter? Or would he leave it to the Australian Open? But I think, he, I think he'd be ready for that fame. I mean, he's, he's got so much fame for the wrong reasons. It would be nice to see, you know, him in the limelight for his tennis he's finally actually showcasing how good he is now in New York so that's what we would like to happen what do you think will happen what's your predicted final if he wins or like, it, what do you think is actually going to happen in the men's final yeah in the men's oh, I'd like to see a Kyrgios Alcaraz final okay so you yeah. think it, do you think it'll happen it definitely can yeah, I think Alcaraz it started turning I thought Alcaraz was going to was going to challenge Nadal okay. Nadal's gone now so I think Alcaraz could come through in the bottom half and then yeah I think um, Kyrgios would beat Bertini if they both get to the semis so I think it would be a can I just ask you um, before we leave the men's draw, Jenny? Just on, and I'm bringing it back to Nadal here briefly. But it, the, so I heard during commentary as well that they were talking about Nadal changing his ball toss in order to help prevent the back injury from kind of flaring up again. Like how, for a tennis player, how significant a thing is that? Like it, it seems marginal for for us amateurs who barely pick up rackets, but. Mm-hmm. Changing your ball toss must must have very significant repercussions for your game. Yes, yeah, so the, looking at the stats on that, actually the speed of his serve hadn't slowed down that much, maybe by two kilometres or something. So it wasn't a huge difference. He just altered the toss, obviously, then to prevent aggravating the abdominal. So it was just a measure to try to alleviate any kind of pains, but it didn't actually impact his serve. It looked like it had, but, but looking at the stats, the speed hadn't actually changed that much. Uh, would it put you off? Would it make you feel less in rhythm? Like yeah, of course, yeah, because you're used to playing one way and then you're having to alter. But I mean, it didn't look to. I don't think that was the reason why he lost. You know, um, but the, the signs were there. Like even in the the Fognini match, was it in the second round? He, he looked a bit. I don't know if nervy is the right word to use, but he, he didn't look like the Nadal. Do you know, I'm just saying that the, the defeat probably wasn't 
a complete surprise given he, he didn't look the, the Rafa Nadal we know and love in, in the early rounds in, in Flushing Meadows yeah the first few rounds he really wasn't playing the way he can like with that sheer confidence and the way he moves around the court he wasn't moving as well as he normally does which is a huge um, like a part of his game like he's able to cover the court so well his shots weren't penetrating through the, sh- the court at all you could see that last night against TFO and TFO was stepping into the court and taking the ball very early which a lot of players when you play against now they're da- back in the back fence and you're trying to defend so the ball wasn't kicking up off the court as, as much as it does that might be the, the stomach muscle might be a, a factor in that um, but just the way TFO played against him was really obviously very good but Nadal wasn't himself last night at all um, but as you said though the stomach issue on the serve toss and everything if your serve goes the rest of your game you lose a bit of confidence in the rest of your game generally because if the first thing that goes is your serve you know you're trying to start off the point of the serve and you're not winning cheap points on it whatnot, then that can impact your confidence in the rest of your game but he's, this isn't a dial he's you know 22 grand slams it's, it's hard to put it down to just that he's 36 now right do do we think that he can win more grand slams at this stage or is this what's happening here kind of what happened a bit with Serena where the injuries made her human and everybody started to think well actually I don't need to be beaten before I go on the court and so even the the matches she was winning were much longer and it was taking more out of her and so eventually the the accumulation of a million different things is the thing that gets somebody as they age out it's it's not just like oh the serve is gone or the injuries happened it's like actually everything else that goes with that yeah with Nadal it's it's hard to to rule him out I think this stage you know he obviously has had a few more injuries this year than than previous seasons that obviously might age as you said 36 but I think he still has another French Open in him next year I don't think this is the end of him you know if you look at his year this year he won the Australian Open he won the French Open he's in the semi-final of Wimbledon this is his first loss actual loss in a Grand Slam this year which is unbelievable so I'm not sure if if the age, well the age is obviously impacting the injuries and whatnot. But I don't think this is the end for him. I do think he's going to have another season in him. He might take a little bit more time off now to rest and recuperate and rehab any of the injuries and then come back the start of next year. Yeah, so maybe we won't see him again trying to win. Is it still the ATP? The Masters, the Masters. Yeah, yeah, the the end of the 1000. Yeah, those tournaments and then the the year end tournament. I don't think we'll see him. Yeah. Like okay. That. Fair enough. Uh, let's talk about um, the women's. And we haven't. I don't think. Had, I certainly haven't spoken to you since the um, the Serena end. Right. Was it a fitting end in the end? Like a kind of farewell? It was a disappointing end, I think. You know, coming into the US Open, it would have been amazing to see her going deep in the tournament, but she just didn't have the match play and the practice in her, you know, coming into it. Um, the way the, 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 they gave her a lovely... Um, celebration after the first round uh, win that she had and then she had a tough second round win against the number two seed and then there was a bit of hope there maybe you know she knocked out the number two seed could this be it into the third round and then she just wasn't uh, herself in that match and Tom Janovic the, the player who beat her was so good and so clinical against her um, so it was kind of a bit of a disappointing way to see her going to the third round the US Open it wasn't quite the swan song we were not into week for. two no um, Tom Janovic is still going and looks to be dangerous at this stage for um, anybody that she's coming up against so she's up against Ange Jabeur yeah. yeah so there's, there hasn't been much chat about her old Jabeur. friend isn't it Ange yeah Jabeur my rival huh? <laughs> <laughs> there there hasn't been much chat about Jabeur in this tournament at all compared to say Wimbledon there was obviously high expectations she made the final um, but Tomlianovic that'll be a, a good game against Jabeur today Tomlianovic is obviously coming in on great form now she's beaten Williams she then backed it up with a very convincing win against Samsonova and um, she's hitting her back very well so it'll be interesting 
team to see here playing against Jabra who plays a, a different kind of a game who mixes up the ball a little bit more so we'll see can Tom Janovic dictate and, and get, get in on top of her I think Jabra has a little bit more experience at this level um, and I think that she's going to come through on that one obviously Go on. No, I was just going to say, like, you, you talk about uh, you know someone winning and, and changing their lives massively, like Coco Goff, someone immediately comes to mind as like a <laughs> you know, 12th seed. She hasn't dropped a set yet, I think, in, in, in this year's tournament. Caroline Garcia, the French woman next for her. Like, There's so much pressure on Coco Goff's young shoulders, but she seems to take it in her stride. She is looking scary this tournament. I think there's just something different about Goff in this tournament. Just She has this steely look about her. She's just so mentally tough. At 18, she's so young. You know, and as you said, she hasn't dropped a set in the tournament so far. She's looking really dominant. Um, Garcia, though, is a player who's who, who's uh, playing very well at the moment. And she won a tournament on the way into the US Open as well. So she's obviously got some form. Um, Andy Murray said about her like 10 years ago about Garcia. He's like, she's going to be the next number one in the world. She hasn't obviously gotten there yet and that was 10 years ago but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I thought that when they said that they were t- he was talking about Goff but um, I think Goff will come through on that match I think Goff is going to this could be a ch- an opportunity for her in the US Open I know she's on the same half as um, Svantec but I just think there's something different about her in this tournament she's just got this as I said that steely look in her eyes and she's playing so well she's serving well she's dominating her opponents she's all over it like she's so confident it's amazing to see so this could be her it could be like Sharapova age 17 winning Wimbledon levels of madness if, if Goff won yeah oh, this, the, the, they'd go mad in the States if she was to win like at 18 you know then She's so young. She has a lot of potential, though. I think she's going to be someone where a star of the future, um, definitely in the women's game. It feels a little bit like the women's game is on the verge of um, that yeah. type of like superstar. Yeah, we're waiting for it on the women's side. I mean, there was Osaka there, uh, you know, in the last few years who we thought was going to be the next thi- big, big player. Well, she still is, obviously. She's just had a few injuries. But Goff is, I mean, we've been talking about her for, for the last three years since she shot onto the scene beating Williams in Wimbledon when she was only 15. So, I mean, the, the way that her team have managed her has been amazing. Like, they've really kept her away from the limelight. Um, so she hasn't had been exposed too much, I think, to the pressures, the external pressures that comes with being um, such a star. And I think the American media are quite good at like kind of letting her do her thing. Unlike the British media. Unlike Radicanu. That's the the obvious comparison here, right? Yeah, Um, but like they're the same age. I think maybe Radicanu is a year older, but the difference in their paths have, have been have been astronomical like you know Radicanu shot to fame winning the the US Open last year and just hasn't been able to perform and back it up at all and then she's obviously had the issues off court and her team isn't settled whereas if you look at Goff she hasn't quite had the results case she got to the French, the French Open final this year we've been talking about her but there isn't that same pressure on her from the media so I think that Goff has got the upper hand advantage there on that one Schwantek's only 21 as well yeah, she again. We've talking about her this year with her amazing run of form, world number one. Only twenty one. He said, "There's so much time left for these players, you know, because you're only really coming into your form as an athlete in your later twenties. So, and these guys are so young. Um, but Shiontek has stepped into that number one role quite well. She didn't have the best uh, Harcourt season coming into the U.S. Open, so maybe she's lacking a little bit of confidence coming into the U.S. Open. But she's looked good so far. She had a good comeback um, yesterday in her match. She was she lost the first set and then demolished her opponent." 
and six love in the third set. So she's been in this position again, as I said, she's got the experience, she's won a Grand Slam, so it'll be exciting to see. I'm not actually disappointed by what happened um, with the level of expectation there was heading into Wimbledon and the record that she was protecting. But once that record has gone, sometimes there's a relief and a release into like, OK, that's, I'm not protecting that anymore. But she hasn't been in great form, is that what you're saying? Yeah, she hasn't had the, the best results since, but I think she's playing now with a little less pressure, as you said, like that is huge, you know, 37 match wins. Everybody was talking about it, the world, new world number one. And then now she come, she's coming into this US Open and she's just playing, she's playing quietly confident, I think, but playing with a little less pressure, which is nice to see. Okay. Uh, call the women's for us then. It's much trickier. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Goff. I want to say Shondek, but Shondek's my second choice. But I'm gonna say Goff on the women's side. She's gonna beat Shondek in the final. There's there's same side. Okay, yeah. So they're gonna meet in the semis. In the semis. The winner of that, I think, is going to win the tournament. Goff and Kyrgios double there. I love it. Amazing. So New York is gonna crown two new champions on both the men's and women's side. So it'll be exciting for the, the future of the tennis game. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing about the US Open. We were just saying earlier on that I'm not sure everybody's watching this because it's on Amazon Prime, but it's um, not too late to, like, they have free weeks, don't they? You yeah, they get two free weeks or something, yeah. There you go. That's, uh, it's absolutely worth it. Um, right, Jenny, thanks very much. Thank you for having me, guys. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 